And welcome back to the Unpredictable Podcast, where no topic is too controversial or uncomfortable to handle. The safe haven for each listener. There is never a dull moment or topic. Every Saturday, we tackle a new topic, whether it's my boyfriend is leaving me, but I love him, or the oil crisis in the world. So sit back and let's see if we can figure out the roller coaster of reality together. to this week's podcast episode so this is actually a part two this is a part two to one of my podcasts from last year which was titled trinibad trinibad which is <laughs> i dived into an incident that occurred in trinidad and tobago and i was just talking about how it has impacted the overall you know dynamic of what trinibad as a music genre is and how it has influenced the society that we now live in in Trinidad today, as I would have said in the podcast, I think Trinidad culture is not Tobago culture. Yes, Tobago culture is so is slowly changing, but it's not the same. It's gonna take a long time to be. <laughs> Who I pray, Jesus name. It takes a long time for it to get to that point. Here, I really hope it never happens. I will continue to pray to my Lord that it never happens. But. The reality is, it's a twin island country, and anything could happen at this point. Um, an incident would have occurred over the week in the country with a young lady, a young child, a minor, going missing, and for twenty days, over twenty days, and then being found. And it really had me thinking of what Trinidad and Tobago is currently, the current climate. And the current overall standing of the country and it really as we come into a new year as always there are things that need to be you know reviewed at the end of the year the minister of national security must come out and say how do you evaluate yourself the guy said he doesn't evaluate himself i just want you all to know he said he doesn't review himself i don't i'm not even making this up the, oh my god but the whole premise of part one was about a specific incident and I really thought about what part two could have been for a while and it really uh, when the they announced the murder tool of last year I said I know what it's gonna be and exactly what I'm gonna talk about and I guess people might not like what I talk about especially locals I am sorry I am one of those people that live here and just don't really feel or resonate with the other people's opinion towards majority of the issues and that's what we're going to talk about today so sit back relax and enjoy wonderful welcome everyone so the murder toll of uh last year was a little over 600 i think it was like 605 i won't go back to check because it's a lot of work and as somebody who studies crime for fun, I study forensics, I study, I didn't do a degree in criminology, I did a degree in education, but I, I am somebody who you could ask anything about crime and I'll be able to like rattle some stuff off for you at any point in time. And being that person, I don't like crime here. I would say that to anybody that asks me, I think that crime in Trinidad is not the same as other countries or crime is gang related. 
majority of the time it's gang related it's reckless it's impulsive it's stupid it has no premise it has no modus operandi it's just dumb people making dumb decisions and then having to do even more even more idiotic things to somehow cover it up and somehow they do but i can't express the words but the whole point of us talking about the murder tool is reflecting on the murder tool over the years. There was a literal news article where they showed the different police commissioners and they said when it was this police commissioner, the toll was at 300 and now it's at six. And it has been at six prior to that police commissioner who got it down to 300. It, the highest it's been is I think like 640 something confirmed, identified murders. Let me just make sure I get it correct. And yes, to many other countries, that is nothing. That is, if you add up, God, sorry to say, if you add up some school shootings in a specific country that has a problem with public shootings, they surpass that in a heartbeat. Like five, ten schools, knock it out of the park. But for us, being a small island of like what, 2.1 million people, I think, I don't remember. I don't work at the census department. So, but being a small country, 600 people is a lot to us for my island respectively last year we had nine murders and if i tell you that's a lot it's not the most i think the most we've ever had was 12 but nine people to be killed on our island in malice ways is, is heartbreaking i sound so foreign it's heartbreaking and it's it really gives us the opportunity to say who is in the wrong. And one of the, I don't know what age they start training children. I don't know how it's manifest into being a skill. But the one thing people in this country are good at is pointing fingers. You did this. You did that. You caused this. You caused that. This is something I, I'm telling you, we are trained. I wasn't trained, but people are trained to do this. And it's, it's, Exceptional. They do a phenomenal job at pointing blame at other people. And one of the people, persons, groups, communities, whatever, that they point the blame at is the police. So our first aspect of this conversation when it comes to the murder tool will be the police. The TTPS. Trinidad and Tobago Police Service Force, Police Service, TTPS. I think that as each year has gone by, and this is one of my icks, being a national citizen of this country, I think that the Western culture of police, and to some extent now the international culture of police, has negatively impacted the outlook of police in the Caribbean. In the Caribbean. In the Caribbean. In the Caribbean. <laughs> I take, and I'm not, again, pointing fingers. I'm not fully trained. However, I, 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 I did dabble in the skill. I think that as each year has gone by, and we have phenomenal camera quality, wonderful mics, and just, 10 pixels, pixels, pixels all over the place through into videos and pictures. We now have evidence that 
there are a lot of bad police men out, men and women, men and women out here. Whether this be in America, whether this be in Jamaica, whether this be in Sri Lanka, whether this be in India, whether this be in Iran, whether this be anywhere, whether this be in quite early London, <laughs> whether this be in Trinidad and Tobago, we now have video evidence that shows that some police take advantage of the badge, the uniform, the pledge that they made. Some police are planting evidence, some police are overall corrupt, some police contribute towards the drug trade more than a little push on the street. Oh, they contribute so much. <laughs> and I think that with the Western outlook and perspective of police somehow entering the spaces of Trinidad and Tobago's TTPS and the society at large, we now have a disdain for the police here. There are several videos. Oh my God! They don't, they don't sound like that. You're fighting him! What are you doing? How are you gonna handle him so? And the people are fighting these police officers, eh? Because we don't, we don't back down here. We don't back down in this country. Are you mad? We can never do that. And you see these videos and you're like, you remember like that there was a point in, in American police videos where they're like, if you stop, um, um if you, you're straight, you're resisting arrest, whatever, just comply. And really and truly, people in this country cannot comply. I'm not saying that these police officers are always correct. I know police officers personally, I'm telling you this. I have, 2022 was the year that I, stop respecting police and my father and I had a heated conversation about this um last week where he was like you're supposed to respect the police I said no I'm supposed to respect the law if they're not enforcing it I don't have no reason to respect them they're doing whatever job they want to do and as long as they don't affect me I not gonna affect them and I say that to say while they are supposed to be the leading persons upholding and ensuring that as citizens we uphold the law, they aren't upholding the law. Many of them aren't. No, let me use the word many. Some of them aren't. And because that culture of police hatred has now become westernized and globalized, there is a lot of hate being pushed on police officers for not doing their job when it comes to crime. Now hear me out. Hear me out. They deserve some of that heat. They do. Because they would have had opportunities prior to genuinely minimize and mitigate the issues that have now become so large that they cannot simply be controlled by the middlemen of the police force. Because the big guys have, have stuff they need to handle. You know what I mean? And when you sit back and you look at videos of police trying to arrest people or police having a shootout and some local child or man is killed and you look at all these things and you're like ugh, i hate the police i really have to sometimes say while i do not respect police majority of them i have to say that they're doing the best that they can do many of them many of them are really doing the best that they can do some of them are entered the police force most likely thinking they were gonna make a change you know, Michael Jackson's now heal the world. You know, they, they thought they were going to be like that. And then they got in and then they realized how corrupted it was, how little impact they had, how their words meant nothing. And they legit had to just do what they had to do to survive. 
and as some of it may sound, that is now their routine. Their routine is a routine of survival day by day, whether it be against locals, whether it be against other police, whether it be against the government. Sometimes, because a policeman literally shot himself last week here, whether it be against themselves. So when I want to sit down here and I want to blame the police, and my, I, I will be blaming the police for certain things. I can't entirely blame every police officer for why crime is out of control in Trinidad today. Because it's not just them. It will never be just them. It is a series of misfortunes and a series of delinquency upon each party's part that has contributed to why crime in Trinidad is in the state it's in now. The second group to get the blame, and I'll add by extension at the end, is the government. Listen to me, I, I really think that, and I'm going to do this in like three parts, because it's the government, which is parliament to me, then it's the prime minister, and then it's the president. <laughs> I'm going to start with the president, because I need for people who aren't from here to understand what the president does in this country. President of the United States has a lot of responsibility. There are several aspects of his job that we will never understand. There are certain things that Joe does that we, Kamala is the only person that might know. Things that Kamala wouldn't even know. There are just things that we don't know that the president does, right? The president of Trinidad and Tobago signs bills. The president of Trinidad and Tobago ensures that we are fine. Not that she or he, as of right now, it is a she once more has to go out on the streets and patrol they don't have to campaign they don't have to do any of that they were selected they weren't elected it's i, I need to say it one more time for people in the back who just don't get it they were selected they weren't elected indeed they were elected but not in the premise of we as a society and as the members and the citizens of a country still were like we want that person and we're gonna vote yes no no no, no. We voted for some people, which is the parliament, and then they pick somebody, which is the president, and then they decide if they're going to take that person, which is the parliament. We don't even know. We never know who it's going to be because we legit got a new one like two days ago. We never know. It could happen overnight. Actually, yesterday. There's a Saturday. Yesterday. As of me recording this, the 7th of January, we got one yesterday. That's what our president does. She signs bills. She makes a public appearance. She represents the country for diplomatic events if the prime minister is unavailable, whether that diplomatic event needs to be involving negotiations. It's most likely not going to be her. It's going to be the prime minister. Now, prime minister. The prime minister's responsibilities are a lot more complex and layered than the president. The prime minister is one of the heads, it's literally one of the heads of the house. The prime minister is the head of a political party which, of course, to be the Prime Minister, your political party must win the majority within both islands. One island has two seats, the other one has, I don't know how many, a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of districts. It's a lot of seats. Some seats are worth more than other seats. This is common knowledge to anybody who understands politics and like elections. Parliament. Members of Parliament are elected based on districts so when we have elections we have two different kinds of elections that people can vote on you can vote on general actually one or two but i'm going to focus on two 
you can vote on general elections, which is all seats, which is Trinidad and Tobago, two seats in Tobago, how much of a seat in Trinidad, whichever political party wins, the leader of that party becomes prime minister. There is also the THA elections, which is just for Tobago, Trinidadians cannot vote, and whichever political party wins in Tobago, they become chief secretary, and they are practically like a microstate in terms of decision makings within the island, the country, right? So we understand what the president does, have some idea what the prime minister does, and parliament, as I said, it's it is persons who would have won their seat in their area, and they now represent a particular area, and also whatever sector or division that they may be placed in. The losing party doesn't get any sectors. They are the minority leaders of the party, or minority within the parliament. They don't get seats. They get seats. They don't get division or ministry heads, ministry of works, finance. They don't get that. They are minority. They are the opposition, right? Now to blaming the government. We cannot blame the president because she does not make decisions. She signs bills. She puts things into, she doctrinates things. She cannot walk the streets and tell any man with a gun, hey, don't do that. Why are you blaming her or him as of right now? Why am I going to blame her? What what, what can the, whoever the one is now and the one from before or whoever was there before do? You want them to just go and do a piercing? It's not going to help. It's, it's, it's not going to help. Right? We cannot blame the Prime Minister because what do you want him to do? Do you want him to send out a PSA? Do you want him to, to provide money to drug lords? What do you want the Prime Minister to do to tell a low-level drug lord in whatever, whatever village you pick, A, don't shoot nobody, or don't let them young boys shoot anybody? They're not going to listen. We cannot blame Parliament because what are they going to do? We elected them to make decisions. While crime is a very crucial element of that decision-making, they can't stop crime. How are they going to do that? People will, like, bring back the death penalty. What is that going to do? You think a guy is afraid of a guillotine? Stupidness. Now, as I was rightly saying, one of the things in this country that we continue to do is point fingers. And our government, while may not be efficient to many cannot be cannot be blamed for crime because crime happens within communities not within their homes within communities while indeed their the area they represent may be a crime-ridden area indeed i'm not going to lie i'm not going to sit here and say no them walking through the streets with a one of those microphone things yelling stop crime now it's not gonna stop crime now please stop thinking that it doesn't work like that it never has it never will them holding up a, a, a village meeting is not gonna stop crime them going up to the drug lords or as i think we call them community leaders yeah and saying y'all we need to make something we need to do something better it's not gonna stop crime them giving them bread ain't gonna stop crime no this is gonna stop crime because a lot of the time, it's not these drug dealers making decisions. It's some reckless young people who, I don't know how they even get guns, that are making these decisions to go out and commit crime. Whether it be murder, whether it be robbery, whether it be kidnapping, whether it be rape, whether it be anything. 
human trafficking, whatever, smuggling drugs, whatever it is, it is not going to be stopped by one man on a seat in parliament. No. No, no, no. And I want for as a country, and just generally everybody listening, to please don't blame your government. Yes, they are at fault for many, 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 many things. But the people that we have to blame for crime is coming up next. So stay tuned. Please. There's a Michael Jackson song that some people could play it in church. Honestly, I've performed it in church already. Not my church, but church. Yep. Not my church, but church. Uh, it's Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. Let me tell you something. Let me say it in more dialect. Too. Let me tell you something. Each decision that we make impacts our lives. Each decision a robber makes impacts their lives. The reason why crime is happening in such an abundant and rampant rate is because of the community. It is because of us. It is because of the people within our society. It is because of how we've normalized crime. It is because of how we've normalized pretty bad music for local purposes, I'm saying that. It is not because of our president going on vacation. It is not because of our prime minister getting COVID for the third time. It is not because, it is to an extent because the police are kind of helping in certain ways and elements and turning a blind eye. I'm not going to sit here and say no to that one. But the reason why crime is to the state crime is in now, it took years to get it here. Because the 20 year old child, 24 year old, 18 year old, 16 year old, 35 year old person that is committing a crime didn't wake up on the first birthday and said, I was going to be a criminal. There was like this song about being a police officer or a firefighter or something along those lines. But we've created environments that enable crime and enable juveniles and enable criminals. And then we ask ourselves, who is to blame? And we try somehow, I don't know why, to blame every man jack pan earth self instead of just looking at ourselves in the mirror and letting it start with us. Certain villages and certain societies this may be. I'm not gonna sit here and say crime in West London or East London or or Brooklyn or Bronx or Queens or Kingston or Montego Bay is the same. But the basis of what criminals are made of is the same. They are made based on unique environments that alter their behavior and turn them into what they are now. Opportunities, incentives, the average thing that could get a man to get a promotion in the job is the same thing that could get a 16-year-old boy on the street to think that shooting somebody with a gun is fun. It's incentives. So I want that when we look at these problems as a society and we look at what Trinidad really is, we look at ourselves. We look at the community that we formed 
we look at the people that we continue to nurture because right now as i said the 25 year olds the 30 year olds who are now criminals can have kids and 25 years from now 30 years from now that's gonna be the new problem or solution so we really have to like settle in and look at what the problem is and be honest with ourselves when we say who caused this i'm not saying the government raising the prices of things which mind you is not the government's fault but we're not going to talk about that no 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 no. they never bring that into the conversation i'm saying that that's not a contributing factor that everything has gone up in almost every country in the world and we are practically in a recession i'm not saying that's not a factor i'm saying that before the recession everybody was making money things were different of course everybody's lives were different but we still had crime crime is always going to be here but we have to find a way to find the equilibrium between crime and murder is not the equilibrium and as we continue to grow as a society i hope that we Stop pointing fingers at so many different things and people. And as Michael Jackson said, we take a moment to look at a man in the mirror. And that brings us to the end of this week's Waves episode. As I would always say, with each week, I come here and I talk and talk and talk. But I want for each of us to learn from each other, to grow from each other. So if you have a message that you want to send in, you can send that in. My information is always in the description. But stay tuned for more episodes to come, more topics, more controversial topics, and even some sentimental stuff along the way. So enjoy the rest of your day your night your evening and continue to be a light in your own life